Man, the more I think about Malignant, the more I like didn't like it. <laughs> I uh, kind of go back and forth on it. Like, I don't think it's a good movie, but I think it's so insane that I kind of respect it. <laughs> That's fair. You know? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> uh, God. This makes me even more nervous to watch the rest of Juan's stuff. I honestly think it's one of the worst movies he's made. I mean, I'd be inclined to agree, but I've only seen four of them. <laughs> it's an interesting outlier. I don't know. It's kind of this weird smudge that is kind of abnormal in an interesting way, but not while watching it or like enjoyable or anything. Yeah, it's a big swing and a miss, which... I appreciate because the only ones you haven't seen, right, are Insidious and Insidious 2, Conjuring 2, and Death Sentence? Yes. Because you've seen Aquaman and Furious 7 and Dead Silence and uh, Saw. Saw, yep. Yeah. And and now Malignant. So yeah, it's just the two Insidious movies and Conjuring 2. And Death Sentence. And Death Sentence, yeah, yeah, of course. That'll be the next one victory. It, you have a victory lap ahead of you, dude. Those those are all way more enjoyable than Malignant by, like, a ton. I believe that. I don't know. Just the last podcast boys kept saying that uh, The Conjuring 2 was a Christian superhero movie, and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Kind of. And by the time we got to that one, I was just so burnt out on Haunted House shit because... See, I think the first Conjuring it, is a really solid film, though. Well, they were all, like, in a row, because I yeah. think it was Insidious, Insidious 2, Conjuring, something else than Conjuring 2. Or oh, no, so, I okay. think it was, it was Insidious, Conjuring, Insidious 2, Conjuring 2. God, yeah. It was, it was just, That's a nasty was, run. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just so sick of them. But Wait, I mean, are both Insidious first... movies Haunted House movies, too? Kind of. God, it's like it. Haunted yeah. Person. <laughs> well, okay, um, yeah, like, like her brain was haunted and fucking malignant. Jesus Christ. Yep. I I loved your I wrote down what you said like uh demonic cancer or something Terry it was like so funny like just, how like while we were dude. trying to figure out what the fuck it was I know. we were just like uh yeah well, it's one of those things where it's like uh guess the dumbest thing possible. Oh wait, it's <laughs> like 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 yeah, that like that person on Twitter that. who guessed the twist of uh uh the the Cruella movie like two years before they made it. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that thing going around where they where they uh, lightened up the shots from Cruella and you could like see, like see how shitty they looked when they weren't in darkness? Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds right. I mean, but that's... I don't think that's really fair because they shoot it with the... Uh, well, but that... Intent that, to... But, like, but the implication... The implication is that the the original shots look good and they look worse. Yeah, they're they're super muddy. Like especially like at the I think the I know what shot shots you're talking about. Like they're they're supposed to be outside at night yes. on like next to a cliff or whatever. Yeah. And you're like it's so darkened that you only see the principal cast, like the characters in the frame, and mm-hmm. everything else is like muddied behind them. So someone had done a screen capture of that versus a couple of the shots from the matrix 4 trailer and how like dynamic yeah. lighting is used in i remember practical, that people were like which, look at the wachowskis know what they're yeah. doing yeah i know I which it's like too. yeah wachowskis are great and they Lana, know like, what I'm stoked, but it's uh, you know they're not in, in except for writing no dude all of the matrix fanboys coming out i was like oh boy i'm not looking forward to it though i did see somebody who was like 
all those boys lining up to see the Matrix and like their costumes. And those same all girls, those girls, yeah, yeah, will line up yeah. to see the Matrix Four, and I was like, "That's uh, kind of funny, but probably way closer to the mark than it." <laughs> Welcome to the Vulgar Auteurs, where we examine the filmographies of genre filmmakers. We are covering the newest film by James Wan this week, *Malignant*, uh, which is a return after our series about a year year and a half ago covering his other films uh i'm paco i'm jason and i'm terry and holy shit did we miss the boat guys i think all of twitter loved this movie and i feel like i'm alone here i don't think it was all of twitter i thought some people were were, uh poking fun at this movie at least i saw i think it's pretty uh divisive there are people who love it and there are people who fucking hate it well that's the that's the problem though is like there's this weird dynamic of shittiness where so many people are like you just don't get it it's like no i get what the intent was and i get it <laughs> okay but, but like you, you could be like I, you don't get uh like you know heidegger but you can't say you don't get james wan's malignant i'm sorry that's not like <laughs> there's I mean, not enough there to parse to be like you don't I, get malignant i think he understood what he was doing and it was intentionally campy like no, no. it and, and i'm fine kind of that. was reminiscent of like a sam raimi movie but without as much actual comedy like it was all just campiness and like absurdity which i don't know i like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more torn on this movie than you guys because on the one hand, I'm always talking about how I want movies to try new things and be different. And so I really respect the ambition of this movie. But on the other hand, other than making me laugh a few times, this movie didn't do much for me. Like it was never scary. It was frequently boring. Yeah. Uh, and like the third act is a wild twist but it's not it's oh, not a great movie twist we had kind of guessed the twist too which i guess we had wa- we had screened it together and this movie uh came out on september 10th uh with the new hbo hbo max model of releasing it simultaneously in theaters and on their streaming platform for 30 days or whatever until it mm-hmm. uh, is strictly for theaters so we were able to watch it and the the movie was shot in the summer of 2019. They had finished, or it was announced in summer uh, 19. Uh, they finished shooting in December of 2019, and it was originally scheduled for release last August in, in 2020. Something happened last year where like there was a lot of like movies that were postponed. It was really weird. Yeah, I, um, I don't, I don't anyway, really get so, it. But yeah, it was like I, I just don't understand. It seems dumb why we had to go a year without, you know, movies and stuff. Because I mean, that's important. I mean, like, Tenet we're a movie was there. Podcast. We live, you know. That's tr- well. Oh, the second coming of film. Yeah. Um, Which, but uh, I, I just want to say, Tenet, fucking all time great dumb guy movie, and like no oh, one yeah. does dumb guy movies like Christopher Nolan. But I feel like James Wan is getting up there, like. Christopher Nolan makes movies for dumb guys who think they're smart guys. James Wan just makes dumb guy movies. And, like, I I kind of love it. Malignant is kind of like a palindrome of stupidity in and of itself. Malignant feels like a movie that could have been directed by the character Aquaman. 
Like, you I mean, know. that's that's a good way to put it. Like it, <laughs> I don't think it's quite that heavy-handed. Although there are a few moments. I mean, we we kept bemoaning the awful script because there are there is some truly cringeworthy dialogue in this movie. But like, there are a number of things that do work. I don't want to say that it's like only bad because I I do think that there is something to like here. I just think that it's overshadowed by the shittier parts of the film, which is a lot of. And- I don't necessarily think that the script is completely unworkable. I think that the script almost feels like it's trying to be a different movie than how it's directed. Um, I feel like 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 do you you mean that it should have been like a Raimi style like style thing with more comedy? Yeah, I mean it feels very absurdist, and like Juan is almost playing it too straightforward. Uh, like this, I mean, we're going to spoil the twist of this movie listener. So if you haven't seen it, uh, yeah, maybe, this, is your, this is your final warning. Yeah. Maybe go watch it. I don't know. Uh, if you want to waste two hours, go for yeah, it. Pause but, and come uh, back. <laughs> we'll still be here when you're done. Basket case is like one of the key influences for this movie. And that is. That, that's so, like, like, that's like high camp though, right? And yes. D- D- and it's like sisters too. Tension intentionally absurd oh shit you spoiled sisters for me now i haven't seen it oh uh, shit <laughs> sorry i should have done spoiler, spoiler. i don't know what that is, is it, i'm gonna, really I'm gonna forget it <laughs> is it that I, the sister lives on the back of her head yes and uh Fuck keeps yeah. it in a basket walks around uh, 80s new york uh God. no the 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 hen and uh, what it's hen and lauder right uh Frank yeah hen and lauder uh that influence is totally felt and i think maybe I guess so. Just going backwards a little bit, uh, the the story was originally uh, ugh. so. Uh, Kayla Cooper wrote the screenplay based off the story by both Cooper, James Wan, and Ingrid Bisu, who's also uh, James Wan's spouse, and I think they're pr- production partners too. Um, and the movie is kind of billed as almost like a spooky haunted house movie or like that's what the trailer like that there's something going on in this house and this woman is seeing visions and we're trying to figure out why there's a a, it's almost like a it was also billed as a a giallo uh, movie Mm -hmm. similar to like argento's opera or like a mario bava movie um where there's like certain um ways of denoting you know like leathered hands killing someone with daggers in close contact and who's a lot the killer? of pov like pre-friday the 13th giallo was mm-hmm. uh putting you in like the killer's head uh and i'll obviously of course neon and i think uh wallace is even made up to look like um i think it's tenebra the actress that she reminded me of but uh, somebody on Twitter again posted screen caps of I forget which Argento movie, uh, the actress and Wallace next to it, and it it does feel like there's a lot of those influences there, but it feels also like it's as influenced by like Equilibrium and Matrix knockoffs from the early aughts. Well, and totally, and I think that's a problem though because I think it's like juggling too many things. Like you shouldn't. I don't. I think you could you could unify those things, uh, but it would need more work. It would need more polish, and I don't think that that's what's there. Like, and or uh, that it were that it picked a single genre and did it really well. But I don't think it does any of those things well, and I think that's a big problem with the film overall. 
Yeah, it's it's not scary at all. There's no, no. there's no like elaborate setups. Uh, there's not a, a like there's a who done it kind of nature that it's trying to go for, but it's so dumb in I the mean, way that the and it the telegraphs movie, the like, twist. Half, well, like half the movie is just people are just exposition dumps where people are putting in video cassettes into VCRs oh and Dude. watching people explain what is going on, and it's just it literally like cuts to people literally putting in video cassettes into tape players, like over, over and, over, and again. over and over again. And, it's and, egregious. And it's, it's, it's not done in a way that's stylized in a way that's like Sam Raimi winking at you or like we're acknowledging how like goofy this is. It's done in this straight way that, that reminded me also of like a mid 2000s movie or like the ring remake or like it's 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 trying to build the the atmosphere to spook it's just not scary it's it's really dumb i mean and spoilers the... where there's that much exposition even the moments where it's kind of like maybe not scary but it's got a creepy thing going on then it kills the movie by explaining and explaining and explaining and i mean i kind of think you cut a lot of that out you leave it more of a mystery what's going on like maybe it's frustrating when the back of her head opens up but maybe it's more shocking than just like having five hours of tapes before you get there. Well, and see, there there were some moments that like, like it he just it needed more polish and like they need to trim some of the fat because, like the the moment when when the the gal falls through the roof into like the room, like that's mm-hmm. truly kind of like it's again that isn't like a major twist. But I think it's it's done well in the movie. The way that it's set up is is like uh, a lot better than the other exposition, which is just watching videotapes. Like to kind of connect everything, that's like the moment when everything starts to come together at the end, and it works. But the rest of it, getting there, is awful, and and, and especially and because the exposition is so lazy, like you said. It's so frustrating too because so many of the characters look alike. Uh, we talked, oh, I think it yeah, was on dude. our King totally. Arthur episode about how I have white face, like white people blindness. Yeah. And like, especially if they're actors, I don't know, which I kind of like how this cast is just about all, maybe not unknowns, but lesser known actors that he's working with. Uh, but it's also like 17 redhead or uh, uh, brunettes who all look the same. Brunettes, yeah. And there's so many characters and they're all brunettes and they're all actresses i haven't necessarily recognized from other things so it's harder to distinguish them uh and it got confusing like when the tour guide gets kidnapped we were like wait is this is this the main character is this a separate woman and is this the doctor from earlier uh obviously eventually you figure it out but it's just like make somebody a fucking blonde you know well i think i think that's well i think the sister was a a blonde and she like but that's the only way you could tell the difference between her and any other character in this um Mm -hmm. i i think that the the movie was so uh in your face like we had kind of been guessing what was up because there's like it's kind of obvious what is is happening aside from like malignant the title of the movie of like malignant tumor or cancer or like what what is this yeah i'm I'm just i'm picturing like a coked um, up writer just being like oh man what if the tumor was the (laughs) was the monster like i just 
well because it it, it it's it, when i uh was starting to kind of um disengage from it was when that tour guide was taken hostage because it was like this isn't supernatural anymore now we're up she's being held in this it looks like an attic and there's a fan going and then it would always cut to the exteriors of the house where our main character lives. And I'm like, huh, that looks like that would be the in same their house. Attic. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was so weirdly obvious. Um, it's in, it's just also really frustrating that, uh, uh, what you were saying about the supernatural things, it seems to really come and go like points of it, are more grounded and then like uh what's his name gabriel talks through a radio god he has like he has those supernatural things like he can turn lights off and uh he has talk through the radio and like i mean i guess it he's a monster he can do that sure but there's all that exposition that kind of explains it but it doesn't get me any closer to figuring out why a dude who was in the back of someone's head would have magic powers. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the issue isn't that that like it's a conjoined twin thing or, or a malignant tumor that grew teeth or whatever. It's that yeah, there's there's unexplained magic powers that are defeated by uh, her mind palace putting him in jail. Like I, yes. <sighs> oh no, I I forgot about that. I was just yesterday. yeah. She literally she shuts yeah. the door on him. Like it's <laughs> it's so dumb. It's really so frustrating. I mean, do we need to like expand upon any of the plot stuff, or are we just uh, like, do, well, is it worth it to describe how we get to the stupid twist, or should we just keep shitting on it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the plot is basically forty-five minutes of people watching VHS tapes, and yes. then uh, people driving around Seattle. Uh, which I liked how they shot some of it on location, but you could tell most of it I don't think was shot in Seattle. Well, then they CGI'd the rain really. even. They could even do it on like a rainy day in Seattle, which is insane. Like you only shot there one well, day and it happened to be sunny. <laughs> I think that might be partially a safety thing because they typically shoot those in like helicopters and helicopters crash for like no reason. Uh, so I feel like... Well, then just Maybe like set it up shouldn't... across the harbor or something then. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that it, it, we had noticed that the police station, the Seattle police station with all the great, uh, you know, the PD shields all around and people wearing polos with the Seattle PD and stuff like that set was so um, like remarkable. and I mean, memorable. Like that was the only mm-hmm. one that kind of stood out. And we were like when we was first introduced, it was like, gosh, that's a weird police station or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then that's really the setting, the staging ground for where I guess the, the twist takes place in like a, a jail cell. But that's really where the equilibrium crazy Wachowski uh, siblings stuff starts. Well, and like um, arguably in the with, whole movie, there's like three locations. It's like the house, the police station, yeah. and then you know, uh, a third location that occasionally they go to. Oh, they went to a hospital for one second. Yeah. They build up this creepy yeah. hospital that they're there for one second just to get a box of tapes. Yeah, and then we don't it's... do any creepy hospital stuff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's what stupid. are you doing? <laughs> so stupid. It feels like all of the money in the budget went to the action scenes at the end of the movie, which honestly is where you should put them. But it's just so weird for this movie to turn into... It's not even a slasher. It just becomes no. an action movie. 
uh, for like 20 minutes. And she's just mowing cops down like she's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. Moonwalk bloodbath. She's like, because the twin is facing oh my god this Dude, is so okay stupid. okay but like <laughs> my, so like the action in that scene is like kind of fun especially when they throw the chair but my favorite mm-hmm. part of that whole sequence is the actor uh the contortionist like walking backwards with the fake mask on like it's yeah. just it looks yeah. so dumb it's like i i don't know the more we talk about this movie, the more I like it. Like, oh, because don't, we're forgetting all the crappy, like, boring parts when we're talking about, like, the dumb walking backwards and the killing cops and killing everyone in the prison. And, like, all of that's pretty fun. Or the part where the cop, instead of using the, like, uh, fire escape, just decides to, like, fall onto a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, that was hilarious. Doesn't he, like, close his eyes or something and then just jump down? It's so and stupid. It's kind of fun because he's like, oh, man, I'm so stupid right before he does it. So it's like the, you know, crew, like, commenting on it while yeah. they're doing it. But it's still just so fucking dumb. It's so uh, humorless. It's, I, it's just so weird. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of was like, shouldn't there have been more of, like, a break in reality uh, between when she's Gabriel and when she's not because, you know, she's like doing laundry and then Gabriel's at the doctor's house. But yeah, I guess he can like fuck with her mind to make her think she's doing laundry while he's like driving over there. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's still But we're meant to interpret that. We're not necessarily... It doesn't show that. It doesn't show them talking to each other other than through radio static and, like, long diatribes that are fucking, like, brutal. Like, when I'm thinking of how bad the screenplay is, I'm thinking specifically of dialogue. Like, the characters talking to each other, no one has any chemistry with one another, but there's also just, like, really bad back and forth, especially Gabriel. The more that he talked the more I found him non-threatening and just dumb. Like, it, it's yeah, we, not like... It was like, he, he was like Jigsaw, but with, like, all the punch taken out. Yes. And why... I It's just frustrating to me. Like, I feel like the cases where horror villains talking makes them better is almost non-existent. Like, yeah, I think Freddy Krueger gets well, like away scream. with it in the first the, one. The, the ghost face scream is a good example of like at least in the first one it's kind of terrifying the drew barrymore opening to that movie is one of the best like openings to any movie but it's it's scary like the Mm -hmm. way that they could you know kind of challenge and taunt and kind of make you feel completely out of like not in control but you're right like freddy krueger who else like most of them are bad it's like chucky (laughs) or leprechaun or they're turning into puns it's all yeah like Like, i I don't think third yeah chucky is good though in that regard like i think chucky would do better if he like shut up well but that's the thing like once chucky turns into comedy movies yeah it's a lot more fun like those late that late run of chucky movies are pretty great because i'm not as much a horror fanatic as you guys are so that's fair and, like, same with Freddy Krueger, uh, although I think he is scary and talkative in the first Nightmare movie. Yes. When those basically just turn into cartoons. Uh, yeah. And well, I he's think, just I, calling. I, like, I think what's re- truly scary about uh, Krueger, especially in the first one, because that's the only one I've seen, 
is that uh one it's like yeah that like how heinous uh, his crimes are and so it's mm. not that like freddy is uh creepy although he is it's that he's preying on children and then moreover he can get you even in your dreams ostensibly a place that you're safe like the safest mm. place arguably but that that doesn't like that doesn't exist in a villain like uh, uh, Gabriel because yeah. Gabriel is just annoying and yells at you through the like the ridiculously old school radio that nobody in the modern era owns. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> he can also yell at you through an iPhone. It's he, just so. dumb. Oh, yeah, he called her iPhone. So why? <sighs> just. Uh. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's also just like the 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 uh, his dialogue is not crafty or interesting or scary it's it's like a little child it's almost like the thing stopped growing and is still talking to her like an eight-year-old like well, in terms and, of how like i'm gonna get you one by one well and gabriel <sighs> is is like a petulant child though like the fact that he's angry because his sister was taken away i think that's intentional but again you could do that childlike simplicity in a way that was way creepier and better done than gabriel who is again just over talkative and annoying yeah i feel like this this movie just leans way too hard on dialogue and exposition uh in a way where like i would be really curious if somebody out there went and made like a fan edit where they cut a lot of that out (laughs) and like cut it from a two-hour movie to like a you know 75 minute movie because (laughs) i think if you get rid of that like one's camera work like, Once camera work is excellent. How he I, I will, moves that's the, the camera with yeah. his DP is always fascinating. And like, he's got that camera going all up and down in this house. And it's really fun to watch. And, you know, I think there's an argument to be made. You cut that out. You make everything more of a mystery. Uh, you That helps the pacing. Uh, it it gets more efficient and it's uh it's a better movie but you know what i will say like Juan did say he was super inspired by giallo movies for this and every giallo movie i've ever seen is over talkative and boring with a couple cool scenes so in that way malignant is a great homage to like a dario argento movie <laughs> that's such a good silver lining <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. And and the, I guess that's another problem too is that the the technical uh, kind of wizardry that Juan is doing here is like really apparent, and it's it's enjoyable. I think the the best parts of the film, with the exception of what we talked about already, the action sequences are uh, the the like neon glow, the the pivoting camera, the the top down shots. Like, there's a lot of really fun transitions and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's weird to pair that with such a lackluster film because like he does some of that kind of fun stuff in Aquaman, but Aquaman's also fun to watch, and it's not God. it's not as boring. Even even the points in Aquaman that are boring are less boring. Aquaman is so good, you guys. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I know you do. It's funny to uh, me that you do. <laughs> but but like you're you're so right too, Terry. That um, his ability to uh, like have characters run through hallways and have yeah. us est- establish where our characters are located. What, what, what are, what's the layout of the house? What is the oppressive kind of force that's going on? Like, like the area of, of mystery that was in like the first 10 or 15 minutes of just trying to figure out, okay, what type of movie this is going to be was kind of interesting. And then it just shifted into that like investigative, like cop story where you had these two kind of dull 
characters, partners, detectives, trying to figure out what's going on, including a really bad hypnotherapy uh, session oh, that was like that was embarrassing. Weird. Yeah, it was. It was like the police officer was offering like the pseudoscience. That wouldn't stand up in a court of law if that was what they were going for to create a case that wasn't based in the you know the horror norms of like oh it it wasn't like it would be better if it was like a journalist who was wanting to help for a specific reason versus well I guess not that police really you know are part of the judicial system in a any mm-hmm. you know, good way but um, it just was so weird it felt more like is he attracted to that person well that's what it yeah, was like, because there like, were these weird uh like you know, like kind of uh, uh relationship or or uh little romance nods that that again don't go anywhere like which only yeah. i mean i we talked about this when we screened it but it's it seems pretty apparent that there will be a sequel to this because there's so much set up uh in particular a, a moment uh that we we also talked about when we screened it was that the fact that the mom uh, was in a wheelchair, but seeing her in the past, she wasn't, and it seems strange to me that, that he wouldn't explain that, which is why I feel like it has to be in the sequel. Oh, yeah, they're setting that aside for the sequel. Like, yeah. One of the things one does is he knows how to, like, plant things for later movies. Like, both those Conjuring movies uh, have just, like, five minutes set aside for spinoffs. Like, the first one, I think it's Annabelle, which it's they Annabelle, then made yeah. three movies of. And in the second one, it's The Nun, which they made at least two movies of. Oh, my God. Uh, which, yeah. I think, Ange- or uh, what, Angela Wallace, who's, or Annabelle Wallace, who's the, the lead in this movie, I think was in The Nun, and she was in The Conjuring Devil and the Details, or whatever, the, the one that... Devil Made the, Me Do the, It, or whatever. Devil Made Me Do It, uh, that was the, the... I think Juan produced, didn't direct, but I think she was in both of those as well. I mean... I, maybe I, I appreciate, I, like... I, I, I respect think Juan. that she's in uh, The Conjuring 3, but I think I saw a different actress was. Um, like, looking at her IMDb, it's not listed. I'm just saying, I but, respect Juan for getting paid, but, like, building up a franchise... Of, of like especially off of a film like Malignant is not very uh, heartening to me and I mean his it's kind of fucked franchise. up that yeah. uh, he's putting his wife in like everything he's producing uh, because she's uh, Lonely Hearts uh, oh that's who his CSI wife tech. was yeah. the, the Lonely Heart person okay um, and she's also in The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It and The Nun so it definitely feels like maybe there's a little bit of a lonely heart was in the malignant. Remember the uh, CSI tech who's into the main cop guy. Oh, she doesn't yeah. have any payoff for or any. Yeah, there's like at all. no reason like, for her character. She just hires. She's hiding. Oh, dude. Yeah. Okay, that's really that's, funny to know. That puts it, that whole thing in a different perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, it, and I'm sorry. Annabelle Wallace is in Annabelle, the spinoff, not the nun. Uh, gotcha. Or, yeah, um, but also in the Tom Cruise Mummy movie as well, which is. Um, I still need to watch that. I will be happy if I can go my whole life without seeing it. I just want to see it, how bad it is because I only watch Tom Cruise movies to see how bad they are. I don't expect any of them to be good. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Live, Die, Repeat? No. I think you would like that one. I want to read the book first. Makes sense. Plus, I, the title's so much better. I, I'm pissed they changed it. The title in Japanese translates to All You Need Is Kill. 
Yeah, that's a better title. Oh, it's so yeah, much that's better, cool. dude. Live but then it, wasn't it like Edge of Tomorrow? And it, then was it was Edge of Tomorrow when it was released as Live Die Repeat, similar to the Birds of Prey movie. I think had a different title, and then it was like. Yeah, it was like the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn or something. Yeah, it was Edge of Tomorrow in theaters, and then it bombed. So they changed it to Live, Die, Repeat for like DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, shit. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That's so funny. Way to confuse your market by having people see a movie in theaters is one thing and then releasing Well, no, they're not trying to confuse the market. They're trying to pull one over. They're trying to make a buck Mm -hmm. on a crappy movie. Except it's not a crappy movie. It's a great movie that they yeah, fucked up the marketing bad. for. Uh, yeah. There's a stunt in that movie where they basically... Is this one of those Tom things where like it has cool stunts, but the rest of the movie is pure dog shit? No, it's it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. He's got charisma with Emily Blunt, but there is a stunt in that movie where uh, Tom Cruise basically had to run like 30 feet in like four seconds because they just drop a helicopter where he's standing and like watching the behind the scenes of it is pretty intense because like if he trips he's just dead they just dropped a helicopter on him yeah, Vic uh, morrowed him yeah well spoilers i haven't seen that oh yeah. wait not no. the shield the uh the uh, actual actor, the actor children. Yeah. john landis them sorry yeah john landis them. yeah that's God. a bad uh i don't mean that in a happy way no which you know thank god we didn't john landis uh tom cruise yet yeah <laughs> i don't know what uh, that means. oh uh john landis got a bunch of his cast killed on the twilight zone movie because they were in a helicopter illegally and the helicopter crashed oh. and, and killed, it like, killed the lead and a couple kids that were with him oh that's brutal. yeah wow yeah, it's and it's like up. the footage you can still watch somewhere, and it's like just creepy. I think they cut to like it's a quick frame, maybe in the theatrical release. Like I don't mm-hmm. think they included the actual like the yeah. That's super weird. All right, wow. Land- Landis is famously not held accountable for it still. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like forty years later, thirty I mean, years later. It's insane there's... that you can be related to Max Landis and be more problematic than him, dude. That's, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, how both... many problematic Hollywood people are not being held accountable, like, to this day? Oh, tons of them, like Max Landis and John mm-hmm. Landis and Woody Allen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to make another movie unless, like, France pays for it. But, uh, I thought, oh, never mind. Polanski did that, right? He made, like, uh, uh, Jacuzzi or whatever after after all that stuff came out. Yeah, that's funny. You got you had the pedo radar set to Polanski where you can't <laughs> yeah. mention Woody Allen without miss thinking. Oh, that's was no, was that Woody Allen or was that Polanski? Like, God. you know, it's it's hard to keep all the pedophiles uh, of Hollywood straight. Uh, so but yeah, you're right. I think that is the Polanski movie, which that's bullshit too. That's that's always kind of not set well with me. The, uh, um his, yeah his movie response but anyway. i guess <laughs> it it sure feels like we are running out of things to say about malignant <laughs> should we move on to saving face <sighs> i guess is there anyone to save face <laughs> uh no it was i mean 
I think it's intentionally campy, so I was like okay with it, but none of the performances really work for me. No. Yeah. Like I was I've been have... sitting here thinking the whole time trying to figure out who I would pick and I still can't figure it out. Well, they're they're so plain is one of the problems, and the only kind of part that I really uh, thought was great from like a performance uh, perspective was uh, like Annabelle Wallace's um, first scene with her husband, where her husband uh, throws her against a wall and she hits her head and makes like a dent in the plaster, mm-hmm. and then he exits the room. She goes to the door and closes it, and it kind of. Uh, holds on her for uh, um, uh, some time. Similarly, kind of to uh, in Black Swan, when Natalie Portman is taking this scene, uh, this uh, second for herself in the, this in this bathroom portion where she's like breaking down right in front of the camera in this way that's just uh, emotive and and, and uh, fascinating. Uh, and Angel or uh, Annabelle Wallace kind of has that vibe in this one specific scene where. She like slides down the door and it the camera holds on her for just some time for her to process this situation that she's in in her life. And also probably maybe that's when, uh, you know, homeboy Gabriel is uh, released his his, uh, you know, bumped back into reality there. Well, but um, uh, also but that's it's really the only performance that, that stood out. Well, and we also I would just a little addendum to that. We find out that Gabriel's been eating her fetuses. So like yeah. that that was the yes. like final little like uh charge to get him going. He'd already had like a couple of Vita snacks and then he was ready to go. Yes. Which so- someone throws so like good. often a- in a random like th- you know remark where it's like <laughs> no, let's no, let's let's make a movie about that. Like this could have been the first part of the movie of him feeding on fetuses and just talking to her. What? <laughs> right. I mean, better movie. I dude, it yeah. would be Oh, and I so I was sitting here. I I have come up with a saving face. Uh, I don't know who it is, but the contortionist. Damn it! Mm. I've been looking through Good the IMDb call. to find the contortionist, and I cannot find the name. But yes, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, because I mean, that performance is the most compelling in the movie. Easily. Uh, yeah. Well, so so much and so that like we could tell that it was someone like running backwards and shit. Like we and like the crab crawling on the ground and stuff like it was a little it it mostly was was silly but that person was giving it their all it was like fascinating like how i don't really know how they do that with their body but it it's compelling to watch because it's so unnatural looking yeah and that that's what makes it stick out so much like when i think of this movie i'm going to think of those specific scenes like the police station scene and the like the the chase sequence with the the cop where it's so unnatural and weird looking but they're using practical effects that that is augmented like i feel like the trench coat over the figure you know uh over gabriel is Mm -hmm. also a way to hide some of the cgi assisted movements but for the most part it looks like moonwalk bloodbath all the way like the fight sequence is so interesting like i would revisit for sure yeah because it's 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 kind of like setting in and like i guess the police uh the uh jail cell scene too was pretty rad even though there's cgi gore and blood and stuff like zoe bell uh which paco uh hollered at um and was right about she's she's in the movie and that's that whole scene when it's kind of unraveling it's at at once both 
uh, stupid, like dumb in a way that is. But it. But it's. I, he's, I, he's swinging for the fences, and I'm. I'm just like. I'm the idea that uh, James Wan had Aquaman make a billion dollars and has done all these big movies. This doesn't feel like like. A lot of the response has been like, oh, you know, you do one for the studio, then you do a stupid one for you, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, he's kind of like Sam Raimi, where his imprint is still on Aquaman yeah. and all these other movies. This feels more like a bonkers idea that, why not? Like, no, this that, is, like, this, this like, feels like a, that's a project attractive. of his own. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, like, him doing the movie for the studio and then getting the freedom to make something like this... You, you really well and honestly were it not for some of the uh, like kind of CGI wipes where they like, transition to another scene like when when uh, mm. Gabriel showing her another scene or whatever or, or a couple yeah from... or a couple of the like really kind of cool camera tricks uh, it, this could be an indie movie and I mm-hmm. don't think that it would feel as I don't think it would be as much of a letdown if it were an indie movie because then I would have kind of like already lowered my expectations I, I would have expected something uh, sillier and campier from the start. It's just I feel like that's kind of one of the problems is that it, it feels too expensive and too overindulgent. When yes. it could have just been a by the numbers, quick, quicker. Like I, I again, I, I go back to the Ring remake by uh, Gore Verbinski, where it's it, it's I, I don't know, like it, it needed to just be more grounded and less like a melodrama. There was a lot of melodrama. Bad, it's mm-hmm. it, but the the problem is too is that none of the characters are interesting or developed or remotely no like real people that it's just by the numbers like every scene where people are talking is just not interesting no like it's there's nothing uh kind of there it's it's very lifeless that it was it was kind of surprising of how like lifeless well the I think this movie this movie is it lives and dies on like the, humanity. the kind of like reveal. Uh, it, it's like the the fight scene, you know, in the police station. It's the uh, the murder scene in the jail, like pulling her head open, like you know, it, it's like that kind of shock value. And there really isn't even any jump scares, so it's it's purely just the spectacle. Is like everything that this movie lives and dies on. And yeah, the spectacle is compelling, but the rest of it is just so interminably boring. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't support it. Yeah. It's so boring. <laughs> I it makes me I was uh I like Star Trek Discovery and um I know I'm in the minority there. Um, no, I like I like Discovery. Well, I I like the I first season like at least. I don't like it, but that's okay. But I still support you. I I know I'm in the minority of people out there in the world. Uh but uh Akela Akela Cooper who wrote this movie is one of the producers for the spinoff, uh, Strange New Worlds, that's coming out. Uh, Interesting. And it makes me nervous for that movie because, or for that show, because I really did not like the script of this movie. Um, but yeah, it's that's going to be the Enterprise under Captain Pike. And apparently, I'm still on season one of Discovery, but apparently they've already introduced um, Spock and Pike in the number one for the ship. In Discovery, uh, but it's it's interesting. She also uh, worked on Luke Cage, which I think is actually a decent TV yeah. show. Like it didn't blow me away, but 
anything where there's like a giant fight scene set to a Wu-Tang song, I'm oh, going right. to love. Yeah, that was like, pretty dope. I'll say that much. Yeah. You that was Marcia. my favorite of the the Marvel Netflix ones. I got to go Daredevil or Punisher, but that was up there. It was better than like Jessica Jones, which I know is again unpopular or uh yeah. fucking Iron Fist, man. That Iron that Fist sucked. and Jessica Jones were terrible. Just, People loved Jessica Jones. Jessica, and, dude, I couldn't even finish it. I liked David Tennant, but yeah. Well, everyone likes David weak. Tennant. David Tennant can't save a bad show. David Tennant is also apparently a really nice dude, which is cool. That's cool. Uh, so he, he's also a, a Doctor Who fanatic. He, he married one of the former Doctor's uh, daughters. Wild. Yeah. And then he, well, then he obviously played a doctor later, but yeah, he's like he's like a like a Who fan, like to the bone. Dude, but that's like, I mean, I'm a huge Simpsons fan, but I'm not gonna go marry fucking Dan Castellaneta's daughter. Because no, it's I a special kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's like when yeah. uh, Cage married Lisa Marie Presley. <laughs> I feel like oh, there's some like weird like. There's some weird shit there, you know? It's Nicolas Cage. Of course it's weird. But I'm just saying in general, if you marry someone because you're an admirer of their father... No, I agree. It's like some weird homoeroticism or something there. I never thought about it. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think it's healthy. Like, (laughs) I think if he meets her, doesn't know who her dad is, falls in love, that's one thing. No, we'll but defend that, it's Paco. Like, How is that unhealthy? And I mean, I'm not like, this is stuff I, I've heard. It's not like I read some like biography of David Tennant. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm I don't just know saying, how like, the story played Tennant, out. If David Tennant's like, oh, your dad is that Doctor Who that wore the scarf or whatever. Like, yeah. I love that guy. And then like starts hitting on this girl. That's weirder than if it's just someone he naturally falls in love with. And then I was like, your dad is who? You know, like there's two different uh, ways it can go. Was that intentional? Weird. What? Your dad is who? Did you did you do that on purpose? Yeah. Was that? Oh no, was that, that was unintentional. <laughs> a pun not intended. Anyways, uh, but hold, hold on. Pretty... If there's any, if there's any Roddenberry uh, family members listening, please reach out. Um, I would marry you in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Huge fan of Star Trek. Holler at us. Follow us on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe. Love you so much. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter at uh, Auteurs Volgur. On, I always forget our Instagram. Um, you can email us at vulgarauteurs at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. And we've got some exciting things in the works that uh, hopefully we'll talk a bit more about soon. And as always, uh, thank you, and we love you. God, that one was fucking hard to talk about. It's just so boring.